Misses the throw, pocket collapses, he backpedals, pumps once, sidesteps the tackler, runs to the right, 15th, pumps, fires, end zone, caught, touchdown! Don't forget about the Ravens. This is a team that has Lamar Jackson Great. going into a big season contract-wise and a bunch of guys who want to prove that last year was an aberration. It was not what they are. Um, I really only got one message right now for all the questions, you know what I'm saying? So every question is going to come after this as respectfully as I can say as possible. Just watch how we bounce back. That's all I got to say. I hit the booth and I just went super saying I run with the purple like I play with the Ravens. These bitches ran a Raven. Hope I never have to go back watching. Everybody loves Raymond eating Raymond. Nigga, this paradise. Life's a fucking paradox at paradise. If they not rolling with you, then they parasites. Nigga, I had that vision. It was clear in sight. Nigga, shine down. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Kyle with Ravens Universe. It is Sunday, October 2nd, about 5.15 p.m., about an hour after the Ravens-Bills game. I am here bringing you a recap of the game. And this is going to be a tough one to go, kind of go through, but uh, I'm here for it, and let's get into it. So, obviously, Ravens fall to the Bills at home, 23-20. to I'm going to start off going over some box score and stats here. Um, so first off, let's start with time of possession. Ravens had 38 minutes to the Bills, 22 minutes. Both teams had 22 first downs. Bills had 326 total yards on offense. Baltimore had 296, so only 30, 30 yard difference there in total offense. The Bills had the upper hand in passing yards. We had the upper hand in rushing yards. Ravens nine penalties to the Bills four. And total plays, very even. Ravens 64 to the Bills 62. And both teams had two turnovers. So let's go into the box score. Let's go into the Ravens box score. Lamar, 20 for 29, 69% completion, or 69% completion percentage. 144 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions, 66.3 QBR. So... Those two interceptions definitely hurt the QBR. He had a slightly better game than what the stats show, but we'll go over that. Rushing, once again, Lamar led the team in rushing with 73 rushing yards. Justin Hill had 45. J.K. had 41. And Pat Ricard closed it out with a three-yard rush. Receiving, Devin DuVernay led the, led the receiving core with 51 yards. Next up was J.K., with 22, Rashad had 17, Patrick Ricard had 17, Mark Andrews had 15, Justice Hill had 12, Demarcus Robinson had 10. Duvernay with four catches, J.K. with four catches, everyone else with three and two. For the defense, let's see. The Odafe Owe led the team in tackles with six. Patrick Queen had, Patrick Queen had four. Um... Yeah, I mean, not much to report on defense, honestly. As far as takeaways, Marcus Williams, obviously. Marlon Humphrey had that one. You know, we'll go over that when I go through the play-by-play stuff. Let's go over to the Bills box score. Josh Allen, 19 for 36, 52% completion percentage. 213 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, 73.3. So, obviously, the QB matchup everyone was waiting for didn't really turn out to be much of a QB matchup. Both guys played decently, none doing anything spectacular, honestly. It was uh, pretty shitty weather out there, and that definitely played a factor, but 
just kind of an off game for both teams. I mean, yeah, the Bills made a miraculous comeback, but they had an atrocious first half, and then the Ravens swapped and had an atrocious second half, and it basically evened out with the Bills just squeaking it out. Josh Allen also led the team in rushing yards, so in the preview I talked about both Lamar and Josh Allen leading the team in rushing yards the last couple games. This was also the case for this game. So he had he led their team with 70. Devin Singletary had 49, and then Zach Moss had 6. When we look at receiving yards, pretty uh pretty even spread here. Stephon Diggs had 4 catches for 62. Devin Singletary had 4 for 47. Dawson Knox had 3 for 40. And then Gabe Davis only had 1 for 13. Crowder, 1 for 7. Isaiah McKenzie, 4 for 21. So now that done there, as far as defense goes, Matt Milano balled out. That's one of the key players I talked about in the preview. Want something to watch out for. He's a stud. He had 11 tackles. Um, yeah, so that's that. So I'm going to go into kind of this, the synopsis. So obviously we'll start with uh, first quarter. Bills decide to receive the ball. So they start out and uh, they go on the three and eight. Martin Humphrey intercepts Josh Allen, takes it, returns it to about the five yard line, somewhere around there. Ravens on second goal, do a little shuttle pass once again for the second week in a row to JK this time for a touchdown. So Ravens go up an early lead, the 7 0. Keno taken two. This was the first opening series in eight games where the Bills hadn't scored. So just something to think about there. Um, we kick we kick the ball off. Bills get a nice long kickoff return from McKenzie, I believe, which then leads to a field goal. So we're looking at seven three Baltimore. Ravens get a nice drive going, which then ends in a touchdown rush by J.K.'s for his second touchdown of the day. This was actually his first home game with a crowd in his career. So he was there in twenty twenty, his rookie year, no crowd, missed last season. So this was his first home game with an actual crowd in M.T. Bank Stadium. So it was kind of cool to see him. Play fairly well today. So, 7-3. Um, no, actually, let's see. Long kickoff. So, it would be 14-3 at this time. Then, OA forces a fumble. Recovered by Marcus Williams. We go in the second quarter. Um, Mark Andrews gets called for pretty weak offensive pass interference call, in my opinion. We'll get on the refs later on. And then, Tucker ends up kicking a 42-yard field goal to go up 17-3. Tucker then later on in that quarter kicks a 51-yard field goal to go up 20 to 3. This will be the last points the Ravens score the rest of the game. Penalties have been an issue so far in the first half, um, and I don't want to say most of them, but a good amount of these penalties today were very questionable calls and ended up costing a lot of yards, stalling a lot of momentum the Ravens had, and even giving the Bills pretty opportune. Pretty opportune situations to advance the ball and score. We move on. End of the second half, the Bills get the ball. They end up driving up the field to get a touchdown with about nine seconds left. Once again, guys, I touch on this every week. The one thing that gets me most furious about this team is, I mean, I should, I would, I would bet my mortgage on this every game. And be a multi-millionaire doing so. Is that the Ravens will let up three, either a field goal or a touchdown, on the opposing team's last drive of every half. 
Guaranteed. It happens every time. Look it up. I'm not going to do it for you. Look it up. It happens every game. And it's fucking infuriating. So I just want to point that out again. During the quarter three, not much to really talk about here. I mean, the Bills were moving the ball. Owe misses another sack in the backfield on fourth and one, which allows Josh Allen to get around the corner and convert a key fourth and one. Bills get a field goal out of that, going 2013 still in Baltimore's favor. Baltimore goes three and out for the second series in a row in the second half. Then Allen drives up, does a play-action boot, uh, play-action quarterback bootleg to the left, completely fakes out Queen, runs around the edge, and walks in the end zone for to make it 20-20 with 17 unanswered points at this time. Later down, later in that quarter, uh, there was a key third down run where Lamar escapes the pocket, goes outside, gets to the sideline, reaches out the ball to what appears to look like a first down in my opinion. I mean, it's tough to say. It was challenged and it was originally called short of the first down and that call was eventually upheld. The call stood on the field short. Ravens, of course, go for it on fourth and one and they actually got it this time, so good on them for that. But then later on stalled out and led to, um, I don't remember if that was a drive or no. Yeah, that, that just ended up stalling out in that drive. We move on to quarter four. And Owe finally gets a big sack on Josh Allen when they're driving the ball up there on a crucial third and nine. They're forced to punt. The great, great punt by the Bills kick punter. I don't, I don't know his name. But he, he coffin kicks one. Coffin corners one on the five-yard line, bounces directly to the right out of bounds. So the Ravens now have something like seven or eight minutes left in the quarter to go 95 yards to get a field goal or a touchdown. And at this point in the game, I'm thinking, yeah, they haven't done anything this half. There's no way they do this. Well, they slowly and methodically went up the field. A lot of, you know, a lot with the run game. They had, there was a couple, there was a defensive holding on the Bills and a pass interference on the Bills that helped out as well. Both those calls were legitimate. They weren't bullshit like half the calls on the Ravens today. And I'm trying not to be biased, but that referee crew was god-awful. But anyway, um, Ravens go 95 yards, end up getting stuffed at the goal line. They're at the two-yard line, I believe. And it's fourth and goal, and I'm thinking there's no way they're going to go for this. Take the points. And, of course, John Harbaugh, Alexa to go for it, and Lamar is immediately rushed off the edge on both sides and has to just hit a back pedal and throw off his back foot into the end zone where it's picked off. Now, the play call that they did was actually a really good play, and Duvernay, it would have been a touchdown. Duvernay was wide open the corner of the end zone in stride, but unfortunately the O-line couldn't hold up the Bills' pass rush, and Lamar never had the opportunity to set his feet and get the ball out there. So, Bills get the ball at the two-yard line, I believe, and they proceed to go up the field uh, fairly easily and end up kicking the ball with two seconds left to win the game 23-20. So, there's that. Now, a couple things I want to talk about. Key takeaways from this game. Poor coaching decisions. I have been... I've been a fan of John Harbaugh for pretty much most of his tenure as the Ravens head coach, which is like 12 seasons or something like that at this point. 
about two years ago, 2020 season, I started seeing glimmers of poor coaching decisions, poor um, game management, time management, timeout management, and just kind of bloated off because, you know what, the Ravens have still been successful. I'm not going to overreact. Last year, obviously, he was nationally known for his, you know, for going forward on fourth down to win games, like to literally win games on the last play of the game or in crucial moments of the game. And going, I think it was 0 for 4 last year, and resulting in four losses, immediately resulting in four losses per that decision when it could have been tied or, you know, it is what it is. Today, with four minutes left on the clock, on the two-yard line, he elects to go for it. Now, in his press conference, like he always does, he says, oh, it's about analytics. I felt that decision was the best decision to give our team an opportunity to win. Well, the problem with the analytics is it has no sense of the momentum of the game, no sense of the environment. You're the head coach on the sidelines. You're... Hearing, feeling everything. And the fact of the matter is, their defense was, yes, they scored at this point 17 unanswered points. However, they were, it was, I just don't know how to explain it. By not hitting the field goal, by not electing to go for the field goal, you're essentially saying you don't trust your defense to stop this team. When... If you kick the ball off to them, we're up by three. The problem is the Bills now were able to do whatever they wanted because they didn't need a field goal. I mean, all they needed was a field goal to win the game, not to even tie it. So if you think I only need to get to the opposing 40-yard line to have a chance to win this game, your your offensive play calling is way different than there's less of a sense of urgency and you're going to make smarter play calls. You're not going to take as many risks because you know what? It's tied right now. If we don't get anything, we go into overtime. However, we can also go up the field with four minutes left, and all we need is a field goal. We don't have to go for a deep pass. We don't have to go and try anything super risky. So it's a completely different mindset for the Bills by by us going for two or us going for the touchdown on fourth goal, fourth and goal and not getting it. So at this point, you're able to run the ball. Because you're not worried about the time running out. You're able to you know, get in sets that you like. You're able to do things. And they have three timeouts. Not to mention the two-minute warning. So essentially they have four timeouts. So they are not worried about the clock at all. Especially with how they've been able to move the ball in the second half of the game. And this is what's most frustrating to me. Because it's like he just had no sense of what's been happening the rest of the game. I mean the Ravens were you know, bending it, but not completely breaking. They were letting up passes. They were letting up yardage, but they had turnovers in the first half. They had some crucial third third down stops in the second half. They had a, a couple good sacks as well to stop the momentum of some of the Bills' drives. And it's like none of that ever happened. You have no no faith in the defense. And I just think that that sends a bad message to your team. And there's just so much to say about this game. So there's there's that. The inability to pressure the quarterback, I feel like I'm just on repeat. Like it's Groundhog Day every Sunday. 
And we bring in Pierre Paul, who, say what you want, he, I don't think he's going to contribute at all to this team. He didn't today. Uh, I, wa- I specifically watched him on a majority of the defensive snaps, and he was... He's he's struggling to even get pressure. And I know he hasn't played the season yet. He could get better, whatever, but I'm just saying that's that's my two cents in that. And then Odafe Owe was really high on him coming this season. He had a strong rookie year, showed a lot of showed a lot of promise in certain uh, aspects of his game. But man, this this year he's regressing. I mean, I don't know how many missed tackles he had, missed sacks he had. Bad pursuit angles. I mean, the guy ran a four three in the combine. I've yet to. I haven't seen that speed. I mean, Josh Allen is beating him around a corner. He's outrunning Odafe. I I just don't know. And I hate to call players out singularly. Um, I hate to call them out. Like I'm, like I'm taking a personal shot at them. But I mean, I, this is what I'm doing. I'm just doing analyst here, and I'm not trying to be a dickhead about it. I'm just saying what I'm I'm observing. So it's nothing personal. These guys. It's just simple observations. But he's we got to do better. If we can't pressure any quarterbacks, it's it's going to be a long season and we're going to no matter how well the offense plays, we're going to continue to see teams hang around and we're going to continue to see these embarrassing comebacks from opposing offenses. You just can't do it, especially when you go up 17 points at the half. The other team has no choice but to sling the ball around. And they, they got to pass the ball, especially Buffalo, who passes an ungodly amount. So, I, I, I didn't feel safe at halftime. I can, I can 100% truthfully tell you all that there was not one point in this game where I thought, okay, I think we're safe. Because I know we can't get pass rush. I know it puts too much pressure on the secondary. And it, it's impossible to stop a team if you can't pressure the quarterback. It's... It's a passing league, and the Ravens have yet to adapt. Since losing Suggs, they've yet to put any attention on the pass rush. Zero. Um, I'm going to go over my next takeaway is the complete team second-half collapse. There's no one speci- There's no singular player or phase of the game that you can really blame for this. I mean, it goes. it's an all-around failure, a complete and utter failure. The coaching staff, failure. The defense, failure. And the offense, failure. I mean, to be up 20-3 to at halftime to supposedly the best team in the league, which I don't think they are at this point, still a very good team. But there's some other teams out there that I think are hotter. I think I'm not going to get into that right now. But as far as AFC goes, I mean, Bills are still up there. I I mean, if not the best still. But... To be up twenty to three at halftime, I just can't help but think these guys think that's a win. I don't know, maybe not, but I can't help. I was never, I never felt safe about that for a second. And it was, it's great to see the defense creating these turnovers. I mean, they continue to do it this season, which is great to see because they hadn't done it in the past two seasons. But to see them, you know. First series of the game, get an interception. Next series, they, I'm sorry, two series later, they get a fumble recovery, which was by Odafe, so 
props to him. He did have a forced fumble and a sack this game, so not bad, but he missed a lot of tackles, missed a lot of sacks. What was I saying? Oh, to have to see them get those it's just to get those turnovers, interceptions, fumbles, it's good to see that again. It's almost reminds me of like a like the 2020-2019 season where guys were popping balls out and getting interceptions and stuff. So that's good to see. But just the utter collapse in the second half is tough. And then the offensive side, they stopped doing what worked for them in the first half. Completely abandoned it. And I'm not sure why. I have no explanation for it. Sure, I'm, I'm sure the Bills made some good adjustments at halftime that prevent the Ravens from doing as well as they did in the first half. I'm sure. I'm, I'm not trying to take credit away from the Bills. They obviously had to play a damn near flawless second half to win this game, and they, they basically did. But the Ravens just completely collapsed. Offense, the run game looked well in the first half. Why they didn't continue to run the ball in the second half, I don't know. Uh, the... Once Rashad Bateman came out, now you're looking at, and this is something I touched, this is something I, one of my main concerns this season, and everyone had concerns about the receiving core, rightfully so. They, they're actually playing decently well this season, but the second Rashad Bateman gets out, if he were to get hurt this season, now you're looking at the next best receiver is Devin DuVernay. So if teams just want to shadow him or double him or put a safety over top of him with a corner, we don't really have any other receiving threat that I think can consistently get open one-on-one. So we kind of saw in the second half, Lamar had nobody to go to. Um, Andrews slightly picked it up slightly in the second half. He also had a multiple multiple plays for decent yardage and good catches that got called back because of, in my opinion, bullshit penalties. But that is what it is. I just can't help but think it's time to just burn it all down. I don't know. I've been a fan of John Harbaugh, but I think it's time for him to go. I really do. And I'm not saying fire him right now, but at the end of the season, if we don't have a playoff win or if we're losing games like this, if we're losing, if we continue to lose multiple games like this, he's got to go. His philosophy is just not working working anymore. The analytics... It's just a tap out for this guy. I was looking at, I was watching his press conference and he just kept saying that the analytics this, the analytics that. It's like, how about you just own up to it for once and not say, well, the analytics told me this. No, you're on the field. You're the head coach. Take ownership of the loss and not blame it because a computer told you to do so. That's a tap out and it's weak and it, and everyone's sick of hearing it. No one, no one buys it anymore. I sure did a couple seasons ago, but not anymore, not after seeing, and if, and if analytics aren't working, then change your philosophy, change your approach, analytics didn't work last year for you, took massive criticism for doing it every game and losing for it, and it didn't work for you today, so, I don't know, he, I, I just can't help but think he would have been gone if it wasn't for Lamar, I think he's kind of been riding the coattails of Lamar, honestly, the success and the the dynamic and athleticism and heroism of Lamar for this team has saved Coach Harbaugh his job. But I think it's 
it's come to it's come to an end. It's got it's gonna come to an end if if things don't turn around this season and turn around in a major way. I don't mean just winning games. I mean the way you win games, closing games, finishing games, not making stupid decisions at the goal line when you're playing one of the you're playing the best offensive team in the league, and you're not taking points whenever you can get them. That's foolish to me. I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep going, guys. Um, I'm getting pretty amped up here. I'm. It's just tough. It's sometimes tough going over this a second time. Once again, it sucks to watch this game and then to come up here. I'd wait an hour. I'd calm down and just watch the press conference a little bit. And I just can't help but think that it's going to be a long season, guys. There, there's a systematic issue with this team. It's not just this season. It was last year. Injuries or not, it was last year. It was the year before. This team has issues closing games. They play great in the first half, or they play great in the second half. Very seldomly do we see two good halves from this ball team. And I thought today was going to be it. I really thought today was going to be it. And it was same old, same old. And I don't know if, I mean, I'm. you can't help but blame coaching. They've brought in free agents. They've drafted fairly well. But the results are still the same. And you keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's the literal definition of insanity. John Harbaugh is starting to look insane. And it's sad to see because, like I said, I've been a fan of his, but, I mean, something's got to change. We are wasting a generational talent at quarterback with poor coaching and poor coaching decisions and poor game management calls. We're wasting it. And if I'm Lamar and this season continues to go the way it does, I don't want to come back here. I hate to say that, but I don't want to come back to Baltimore. They're they're wasting precious years where we should be Super Bowl contenders. There's no reason that with the roster we have, we should not be making deep playoff runs. You can't tell me the 2012 team, you know, or those teams that won playoff games a decade ago had better rosters in certain spots sure maybe but overall I mean we have the we have the most playmakers this team's probably ever had both on the offensive and defensive side at one time it was either defenses defense was loaded and we had a couple guys on offense that's typically what it always was but now we're looking at both phases of the game offense defense having legit playmakers and athletes on each side and we're not taking advantage of this time so I think it's time to burn it all down. I really do. There needs to be a philosophical change in this team. I mean, there's there there are problems that are rooted in this organization right now for the last four seasons. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's a lack of leadership on the players' side. I don't really see any vocal leaders when I'm watching the games or anything like that. I don't see anybody reeling people in. I, I just don't, but I don't know, guys. I will, I'll probably end up watching this game again. Maybe I'll watch it 
tomorrow, but I definitely want to, actually, I probably won't. I'll, I'll, I'll do some film on the Cincinnati Bengals since we play them Sunday night this next week in Baltimore and just hope for the best, but I'm going to watch probably a couple games of Cincinnati, get some good tape on them and get you guys a, a really good game preview for that Sunday night football game. And hopefully the Ravens can turn some things around this week and I hope there's some hard conversations in the building this week. I hope there's some really hard conversations. Patrick, I'm not even going to get on Patrick Queen. I, real quick, it's time to give up on Patrick Queen as well. He's not it. They need to, they need to, by mid, mid-season, they need to pay a linebacker, an established linebacker to come here. Or they need to do, they need to give up draft capital to make it happen. Or they need to do whatever they have to do to get a premier linebacker in the next draft. A signed and sure linebacker next draft because Pete Queen ain't it. He's had multiple seasons to show progress and he's not progressing. He had a terrible game today. A terrible game today. Again, another reoccurring issue on this podcast. So before I go, I'm going to continue with our game of Lamar versus Ravens ownership. So far, I have Lamar at 4-0 this season. I don't see... Lamar's still got the upper hand in these con- in this contract. I was talking to my buddy Luke before the game today. And the Ravens fucked up. They fucked up. They should have paid him what he wanted before the season started. Because this man is going to continue to have an insane season. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to continue to have an insane season. Because even when the play calling is not great, he still makes things happen. Even when he's got guys out, he still makes things happen. He puts the team on his back every game. And even when there's bad play calling, everything, he makes he makes shit happen. And his price is just going up. And just going up every week. It went up this week. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It still went up this week. What he did in that first half was amazing. He went head-to-head with Josh Allen today, and they had basically the same stat line. Pretty much the same stat line. A couple differences here and there, but the exact same stat line. Um, let me actually look at this real quick. Josh Allen, 19 for 36, 213 yards. Lamar Jackson, 20 for 29, 144. A 69% completion. 69% completion. Josh Allen had a 52% completion, one touchdown, one interception. Lamar had one touchdown, two interceptions, one being kind of a trash garbage time interception, trying to throw it up there off a back foot to make something happen. But regardless, it is two interceptions. 66 QBR for Lamar to a 73. So yeah, neither played well today, like I said earlier in this podcast, but that is how it goes sometimes. Sometimes these matchups don't always shape out to be what it is we hoped and wanted it to be but it was still a good game I'm starting to kind of cool off now but I think there's some serious issues systematically in this franchise and I think this needs to be a week where people wake the fuck up and have hard conversations and trying to figure it out so with that being said I am signing off here tonight Going to try and relax and watch the rest of the football game stress-free now that the Ravens blew another one. 
But at the end of the day, guys, let's end with some positivity. Ravens are 2-2. Two two. Steelers lost today. Browns lost today. So I believe we have... Let's see what the AFC standing. Let's see what the AFC North. So we got... Let's see. AFC North standings. We got the Ravens at 2-2. Two and two, The Bengals at 2-2. 2-2. Two and two, two and two. Steelers at 1-3. And, and the Browns are at 2-2. Two and two, Leading the division right now. So everyone's 2-2 two two except for the Steelers at 1-3. We still have an entire season ahead of us. Maybe they can fix these terrible, terrible collapses in the second halves. If they do, I think they have a chance to win the division. And then, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. So there's my little dose and sprinkle of positivity for the night. I will get back to you guys this week for a ravens Bengals Sunday night football preview. Once again, I really appreciate you guys for listening to this. I'm trying to improve every single episode, trying to get you guys more in-depth analysis, trying to get you guys stat lines, stuff like that. Um, I think these these post these post game are always a little bit emotional because it's direct. I try and do them directly after the game while everything's still fresh in my head, but still have time to cool down and kind of bring my nerves back down to reality and my expectations and my mindset back down to reality. And I try not to give a biased opinion, even though this is a Ravens podcast. I don't, I don't, you know, everything's not, you know, unicorns and, you know, sprinkles and stuff like that. So I'm always going to give you guys honest opinions and honest breakdown of what I think and what I see. But I think that the game previews that I will be getting into, if you guys watch the Dolphins one, I thought, you know, for my first one, it was done fairly well. I plan to bring that into my game previews that's kind of the more in-depth analysis I'm, I'm watching film i'm watching previous matchups of the teams players to look out for matchups to look out for so look out for that midweek i'm not sure when yet i'd like to probably do it before thursday so i'll be watching some film these next couple nights to get you guys a good breakdown so once again thank you guys for listening if you're a ravens fan let all your other ravens fans know if you're looking if you're listening on apple please give it a five-star rating Leave a review. Same with Spotify. Five-star rating. Leave it a review. Share it. Put up on you know, social media stuff. Just try and help me spread this. I am so close. I haven't looked yet, but I am so close to being able to monetize this podcast. And whatever money I'm able to make from it, I plan to put back into the podcast. So, for example, what I'd like to do at some point, maybe this season or next season, is be able to bring you guys YouTube videos along with the audio. And actually be able to sh- screen share and break down X's and O's. Why this player ran this route. Why this play didn't work. Why this play did. And be able to give you guys visuals that for those that either don't know much about football and want to learn a little bit more analysis. Or for those that know football and like to talk with someone that also knows football. So that's what I plan to do with this podcast. And if it can get monetized, it'll only help me expedite the process. So once again, thank you guys so much. Um, I will be signing out right now and I will see you guys next week. Thanks. Take care guys. Have a good one. Bye.